right, we have been in different series, and we're just kind of taking a little break from that right now and, and just sharing some things that some of us will have on our heart through these next few weeks. And one of the things that has been on my heart is how we are as families, because this is such a family church, and we have seen God bless generation after generation. And so we came up with just understanding what that means and how we work that out in our lives every day. And so the message title today is Do the Math. So here's what I want you to do the math on. And please understand, I am no great mathematician. I never have been. It is not my desire to be one. But I got to tell you, this one I got figured out because it's really pretty easy. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God and he's faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to thousands of generations who those who love him and keep his commandments. So what it's saying is, The blessings of God that he so wants to give to all of us are for a thousand generations. Now, I can't look that far, and I can't look back that far. In fact, if I look back, I think I can get back about three generations, and that's about it. But looking forward, right now I can see two, but that's all I can see. But spiritually, I can believe that God, our God, our sovereign God, has such a heart for us that he wants to take the things that he's doing in our lives today and bless, think about this, bless a thousand generations. But there's an issue. Here's the math. You shall not worship them or serve them. I'm not false gods. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generation for those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You see the math? Three or four generations are a thousand generations. I'm going for the thousand. Just want you to know, okay? That doesn't mean I don't mess up. Doesn't mean I don't have to come and confess and repent of things that God reveals to me or the Holy Spirit does. But I'm going for a thousand generations. So that one day in heaven, when those generations that God has blessed and been able to bless through me will be there to celebrate the opportunity that we all have in Christ to be with Jesus in heaven. But here's the thing. God puts us in to help us understand how this stuff works. So let me help you with this a little bit. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, the question is, are we training our children the way they should obey God? Because the scripture is very clear. If you love me, you'll obey me. The fact that we disobey God demonstrates the fact that we don't love God. It's that simple. We can say whatever we want. So Sheila and I set out before God to train up our children to honor him. Did we get everything right? No, we did not. Did we get a lot of things right? I think we did. And here's one of the things we told our kids. You may mess up. You may go against the things we're teaching you, but we can promise you this. You will have to climb over a whole lot of prayers to get there. 
Because mom and dad are praying for you every day, and guess what? Our kids are grown, they have their own children, and we're still praying for them every day, and for our grandchildren as well. It's also, by example, you know, it's like the day I was in the garage working on something, and I mean, I smashed the living blood out of my finger with my hammer. You know, now I use screws. I'm smarter now. I use screws. But back then, it was this nail and hammer. I don't remember what I was working on, but I do remember the pain. And standing right beside me when I went, bam! And like I said, I hit it so hard. You know, one of those, this, this, this blood right at the instant. I call it white pain. You know, it's when, it's when it hurts so bad, you can't even see it. And standing right next to me was my daughter, Brantley. And I knew she was waiting to hear what was going to come out of daddy's mouth. Because you have to remember that except for the work of Christ, I was a very profane person. She'd never heard it. But she had heard me talk about the fact that before Christ, profanity was one of my big things. I was proud of it. If you can imagine how stupid that sounds, I was. I could outcurse anybody I knew. So here I am, a few years later now, after coming to know Christ, which by the way, another anniversary coming up on March the 28th, I will be, have been saved for 50 years, 52 years, I'm sorry, 52 years. All God's grace. But I'm still standing there. And here's what I said. You got to love this. I said, praise God. <laughs> I promise you that wasn't what I was feeling. But I knew my daughter did not need to hear something profane come out of her daddy's lips, even in that moment of pain. And then it gets into, if we're talking about the generations, and I understand that some of you may not be married. You may not have children. But we all have influence on people who's watching our lives. I told you years ago about one of my bright ideas on a Sunday night. I said, uh, if your neighbors were here, what would they say about you? And I forgot that one of our ladies, our next door neighbor was her first cousin. And so she stands up and says, my, my cousin is your neighbor. You want to hear what she says about you? I said, well, I opened that box. Go for it. She said, she never hears anything from you guys. No fussing, no cussing, no nothing. Hallelujah. No, it wasn't there anyway, so... The only time we ever ran into trouble with our neighbors, how many of you ever remember IC, is it ICBY, root beer? IBCY, what is it? The root beer comes in a dark bottle? IBC. IBC, thank you. IBC root beer. We grew up with A&W root beer stands in Ohio. Oh boy, are you kidding me? When I got old enough to go to a root beer stand and buy one of those frosted mugs of root beer, it's like, are you top of the world? And a foot-long hot dog? Oh, man. So I still like root beer. And we found out that the ones in those dark bottles taste a lot like the old A&W root beer. And so Sheila, from time to time, would buy some, and that would be our treat for the week. And our, at that time, we had a garage before I, we changed it into a sunroom. And we had an open door. We had a storm door. And so one night... We're having our wonderful meal and having our little root beer celebration. And I turn up my dark bottle 
and out of the corner of my eye, I see movement. One of the neighbor kids is standing in the garage watching me through the storm door. And he goes, takes off. I told Sheila, so you watch. Pastor Steve down there drinking beer. (laughs) All that to say, our kids are watching us and others are watching us. And we have to be very careful. Say, well, and see, here's the whole thing. Please get this. Get nothing else. Get this. Nothing that I'm saying to you or that I have ever said to you or any of our speakers can be done apart from the Holy Spirit. It was never designed that way. That wasn't God's plan. God's plan is the Holy Spirit comes to reside in us. And as I've told you previously, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he did. I didn't know nothing. But he was there working in my life even before I knew who he was. So let me say that as a word of encouragement. He so desperately, he is the third person of the Trinity. And as I tell people, you have to excuse the Holy Spirit. He thinks he's God. Oh, come on. That was a good one. Sheesh. Back to the old days of crickets. When we're training our children, when we're training our neighbor kids, or the people at work, or people we're exposed to wherever, it has to be our heart, our spirit, and our actions line up. Otherwise, as we take the time, as we should, to explain to them the reality of who our Jesus Christ is and the difference he's made in our lives, it will have no weight whatsoever. So this training is not just saying the right thing at the right time. It's living it out and walking it out every day. In fact, look what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind. Or excuse me, with all your soul, with all your bite. Loving God. That's the first thing. Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love others as yourself. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters. Shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. In other words, what it's saying is get to know it. And live it because that is the will of God for your life. Now, it even goes on to say, you bind them on your hand. They would have the little bracelets with the little rolled up scrolls in their frontlets, the same thing. You write them on the doorposts of your house. In your gates. In order to put scripture around your house. Put it in your car, wherever you are. Put scripture. Because the thing we want to avoid is the three or four generations of curses that come because of something stupid that has been done, usually from those ahead of us. But we're the ones, listen to this, this is so important and so amazing. We're the ones that God's chosen to break all that off. My family angry everybody had a short fuse God had to break that off in my life Sheila's family addiction alcohol particularly she broke that off in her life and we broke it off for our kids whatever it is it could be gossip 
whatever you look back and you see those previous generations and the stuff's coming down. For example, when somebody say, oh, and they'll, they'll be talking about a family. And I'll say, oh, that's just the way they are. That's not good. Unless it's a good thing they're talking about. But again, we're the ones that God's chosen. Is that not exciting? Again, our folks, you guys have heard this how many times in 43 years. Our folks were moral. They were, they were good Decent folks, hardworking, fed their families, took care of us. We had the issues that we had to deal with, and we broke those off. But we didn't have a lot of stuff that a lot of folks have to deal with. But you might be the person or persons that do. And when you get together in marriage, if you're not careful, all that junk comes to your kids. But you get to break it off. You get to change it. You get to change the destiny of a thousand generations potentially what a god we serve what a god see it's really a curse as a like a prediction of those who for whatever reason have turned away from god trying to do things their own way and there's a price to be paid unless something changes let me read that verse for you But it shall come about, if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe all that he has commanded and his statutes, which I charge you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Now, I want you to hold on to that word overtake because I'm going to read it in another context, which is really amazing. By the way, I have a new Bible. I'm still trying to turn the pages. In the same chapter... I didn't put it up here. In the same chapter in Deuteronomy 28, it says this. And all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. The overtake there, my understanding of the translation is that God is relentless. He wants us so desperately to have his blessings that he literally comes. One one author described it like this. He, He literally comes after you and tackles you so he can give it to you. But at the same time, he says, but on the other side, the curses, he said, if you're choosing willfully to go against my word and against my way, then I'm going to tackle you and give you the bad stuff too. He gives us the choice, but he gives us the Holy Spirit to make all this work. Is that not God, our God who loves us and gives us incredible life? Look at this blessing in Psalms chapter 1. If you haven't memorized that, I wish you would. The blessing speaks of that inner state of well-being resulting from fellowship with God. David, Psalms 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But, listen, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in his season, and his leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does, it shall prosper. Now, if you're sitting here and you're saying, well, all that sounds good. I just don't have time for the word of God. Oh, excuse me. Let me interrupt your thoughts just for a second. Yes, you do. We're all given 24 hours in a day. Yes, some of us, particularly those who have small children, I get it. It's a lot. But our God 
When we offer our lives to him as living sacrifices, as Paul recommends us do in several of his writings, we will find that our God will meet us and make a way for us. And when he does, we will understand how crucial it is for all of us to get his word into our lives. And then, as James says, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Because if you do, you're living in confusion and chaos. This is our God. He loves us. Amazing God. Another scripture, and this is moving us toward that place that we need to be in Christ. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. Who's the righteous person? We are in Christ. Let's do this. Let's do it unto him. Let's honor him. Let's glorify him. And let's be the ones that different ones of us at different times are going to go through different struggles. You come alongside. I know. It's hard sometimes. You you don't want to air your dirty laundry to everybody. I get that. We're not asking that be done. But find some people that you can trust and you can join together in prayer. And when you're going through something, say, hey, I need prayer. I need prayer. I need help. I want, I want God's will in this. And, and I, but yet I'm struggling. I want to get this the way God wants it to be done. here's what I want you to get. Let me talk about the curses. For as many as are of the works of this law are under a curse, but it's written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Do you get that? He says, if you choose not to do as I've told you to do, there is a price to be paid. You can, it's kind of like gravity. I don't believe in gravity. Well, go jump off a building and see if it helps your belief process. But no one is justified by the law before God is evident. The righteous shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. There it is. Sweet, sweet, sweet music. Having become the curse for us, it's written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Do you get it? The word exposes our need. God provides all that we need through his son and the revelation of that word into our lives. And then the Holy Spirit is given to us by faith. And we choose that and we celebrate that in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know what your particular issues are coming down your family line, but I'm going to advocate this. We're going to close the service. But if you're here and you say, you know, there's something I just need to take care of. Please, you don't have to come to the altar. It's not required. But you're certainly invited to come to the altar. And say, Lord, here's the stuff in my life that's come down the generational lines. And I'm asking today in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that you break it off. And let me be the one that you've chosen 
to bless a thousand generations and to remove the curse that has been on my family, whatever it may be.